We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. All right. Awesome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to one of these interview episodes of the SWW Show. I'm Mike, and today with me a special guest from... I don't know if we could get much more around the world. I'm just going to be objective here. <laughs> to get us started, do you mind uh, introducing yourself and telling us the game we're here to talk about? Yeah, sure, no. Uh, no problem at all. So my name is Jared Rigby. Uh, I'm currently based in Beijing, China, and I am here to talk about my upcoming game called Tonalities today. So I, I have to ask because, like, when I when I am talking to you, I don't detect like a Chinese accent. I'm assuming you're not originally from China. Or I assume that's the key you decided to move there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, no. So I, I'm originally from the UK. Um, so I'm from a city called Manchester. So if you follow football, you know, or soccer, you might know Manchester United, Manchester City. So that's where I'm from, and I'm over here now, entering year seven in China. Uh, where I work uh, as a computer science teacher. No, that, that has to be a very interesting, and, and that has to be... So actually, I have one of my one of my good friends, like his mother was actually doing... A, well, she was a Spanish teacher in the U.S. She's actually like teaching English to, I think it's diplomats in China. And the stories of just like, like the, the like cultural change there, I'm like, that has to just be like, I'm, for the first few weeks, I'm assuming it was just like shocking. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. It's like a massive, massive culture shift. And just it's like so like from being from the UK, like my usual holiday destinations are, you know, closer to home. I go around Europe and within Europe, you know, you go to France, Germany, wherever you're usually going to be able to find somebody who like will be able to fall back to English. You'll be able to find somebody who can help you with your problem. Um, when I first arrived in China, I was in a much smaller city, uh, one called Suzhou. And very, very often it would be like, right, nobody here can communicate with me. I can't read. I can barely speak. So the first few weeks were tough. So it just sort of throws you in at the deep end. It's like, right, if you want to survive here, you need to learn Chinese and learn it well very quickly. So, so the reason I was asking too, obviously, so as we're talking, we're here to talk about your game, your game and it comes out relatively next few months. Uh, where were you kind of, so it's, I'm assuming you made this game entirely while you've been living in China? Yes, yes, that's right. So it started um, towards the beginning of last year uh, as a sort of like a game jam project. So life in China over the last few years has been like a lot of lockdowns. Like it's been quite, you know, strict in terms of their COVID controls. So whilst the rest of the world was getting back to like normal with like big big air quotes around it 
and you know the world was beginning to live with the virus. Um, China still maintained quite strict, like a COVID zero system of if we find infected people in the local area, we're going to shut down the schools, we're going to shut down public transport. So I found myself with a lot of time, you know, working from home, being just me and my laptop, not really allowed to go anywhere because you know restaurants and you know like most things were closed. So it's like right, well, let's you know. Learn something new. Let's start building things, and I entered the game jam, and that became, I guess, like version one of tonalities uh, built over a few days in Godot, and then it's just grown and grown and grown into like a upcoming full release. No, that sounds amazing. For people who don't know, do you mind kind of digging into kind of what is the gameplay loop a bit more of tonalities? Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. So it's a two D. physics-based puzzle game. Um, with the way I think about it, the way I've sort of talked to people about it, it's like trick shots. So it's like bouncing like uh, like a ball from uh, obstacle to obstacle to obstacle in like a fluid motion, but chill, like really, really zen. You know, I'm trying to like the solution to each level, you build it iteratively. So you start with something that doesn't work, and then you slide things around, you change things up, it works a little bit better, slide around works a little bit better again and you just have that freedom to like iterate for as long as you need to until you find a solution so it's like very very low stakes like i think it's like quite relaxing quite therapeutic and then you can just build your way to a solution at your own pace oh god that, that's interesting so do you have like a strong history with like these puzzle kind of chill games is it just something you're like i wish there was something like this when i have like five minutes like where did the idea for this come from Um, the, the idea, like, is, I don't know, as I say, like, it, it starts off as a game jam project, so it just sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, it was on itch, and it, it was one of the black and white, uh, game jams, so it's like, build something with a monochromatic theme, so I wanted things to just be quite simple visually, to fit that theme, and then the, the, sort of the keyword for the theme, uh, the keyword for the jam was loop. So it's like looping. So my idea for looping was, what if we had a puzzle game where you could just try again, try again, try again, instantly with no penalty, with no like drawbacks to just taking your time. I will just go again until you reach the solution that you need. So this very much reminds me of like, obviously people think of like, like Spelunky or Meat Boy, kind of things that like, kind of like this immediate, like just go. One of the things I like, especially mm. when I'm seeing like your kind of stuff, is there's a lot of these like single. It almost looks like single screen, or like almost like this immediate like here's the single thing that you're doing, where those can get super complicated. Where did you kind of yeah draw, yeah exactly? And I've tried to build sort of, of each level to just have like so you yeah yeah exactly. So like here, here's all the obstacles, here's all the pieces that you need. Go like all like the solution is here. Go find it. Just move things around, try things out, and I promise we'll get there. But like, there's not much more handholding than that. Other than it's like, this is possible. This is all you need. Have at it. Have fun. No, that that sounds great. Because yeah, I think that it like I think it's a big problem with with puzzle games, especially ones like this, where like the whole I think the whole gimmick of these games and gimmick not in a kind of sense. Like the idea is like, hey. It's a game that looks really simple, but there's depth here. But I think the problem with when you get too complicated is that depth gets to the point where it's, like, not accessible to the general audience. And I think kind of 
even as it seems like when I looked at yours, really, one of the things stood out was like visually, I go, okay, I understand this, and it looks like not as kind of intense. Is there, was there ever any thoughts internally you kind of had of like making this more complicated or kind of adding things to like make this harder? Or are you always like, I want to keep it kind of this line of it's both accessible, but at least takes a challenge. So we, we have only released the demo so far. So like what you might have tried is only sort of, I guess like the first three or four mechanics, I guess you could call them. And uh, I actually took inspiration from uh, GMTK, so the Game Maker's Toolkit, when he's been discussing the game he's been building recently. And I created a puzzle matrix, sort of. Here are all of the different mechanics I'm building in. So some obstacles like reverse gravity, some stop gravity altogether. There are some like laser obstacles that will stop your progress altogether. Just write them all out in sort of a 2D matrix. Combine things together to try and find interesting puzzles, sorts of interesting challenges. And then with each of these mechanics, I'm trying to only introduce them like very slowly. So it's not going to be everything all at once. It's here's a puzzle with just one mechanic, and then I'll introduce something new. Okay, so now we know how to combine these two pieces. Then the next mechanic will be built in. Okay, now what can we build? And it's sort of that slow, gradual introduction as the levels progress up until towards the end of the game when it's just like, right, okay, I know what all of these things do. I know that I need to make all of them work together. And it just sort of molds quite effortlessly into quite a complex contraption, I guess you could say. I gotta ask the obvious question. How are you testing these? Are you just kind of just sitting there yourself and just being like, I'm just gonna play on the screen for like half an hour and see what breaks? Or like, how are you kind of handling the like, obvious like physics or puzzle stuff that could go wrong. Yeah, so 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 obviously like like step one is I try things out and I will break as much as I can. Uh, I'm building this uh, with my uh, like my friend who's based in Canada, so it's a global sort of development effort. Uh, he's called Swig and he's based in London. Uh, Ontario and he is also like my second tester. He's not a programmer, he's the audio engineer and sort of the sound design for the game. So he will not be doing any of the programming and side with me. It's just, hey, I built a new batch of levels, try and break them. Then after the sort of in-house testing, I've been sharing demos on, you know, itch, just like onto various uh, Discord groups, just like, hey, I've built this, can people try and break it? Can people tell me what they like, what they dislike? So it's very, very much just, here's a demo, here's what I think is very, very stable. Let me know if I'm wrong and I'll fix it. I gotta ask, have you, have you run into any bug that stands out to you, like physics wise that you're like, I, like, that just like stumped you for weeks? Um, the one thing that like did sort of confuse me uh, for a while is that every now and again, collisions would just stop working properly. So I found that if players were trying to move things around a level, just like by clicking and dragging as fast as they physically could, like ripping their mouths across the screen, they could sometimes brute force their way through obstacles, which shouldn't be possible. And I found that because I didn't have the collisions checking on uh, the like fixed physics update, it was just in the general updates like loop. So that was my just lack of knowledge of unity at that time, it was possible to 
force your way through a collision that wouldn't trigger just by missing that physics detection. So if you can move your mouse faster than the frame rates, then you can sort of ignore physics, if that makes sense. Ah, good old Unity bugs. <laughs> yeah, once you said that, you said, yeah, yeah, like, exactly, I know exactly, exactly. what you're referring to. Yeah, Unity, so I will at least give them props of the sense of, I think their physics engine is substantially better than it was. And I think kind of with that Havoc integration, like there's a lot of Unity stuff kind of with its physics engine that I'll give it to, but yeah. Even to this day, Unity's physics engine, I feel like, is, like, somehow, like, in a different spot in that engine code, and it's, like, the rest of the engine just asks the physics engine to work, and it kind of just has its own mind. Have you... Because the other problem with, I think, too, with, like, the Unity stuff, especially if you try to do the physics, if you try to do anything, like, move an object, kind of just encode using non-physics, if you go too fast, or start clipping stuff, too, where you're, like, where it's kind of, like, you have to make these almost arbitrary decisions just because you're using it. Are there any other weird, like, I'm using Unity type bugs you went into, or has it kind of been at least that part a little bit calmer? Um, it's... That, to be honest, it's mainly the, the physics-y stuff that's, like, been tripping me up, because we are, like, a very physics-based, like, puzzle game. The rest of it has been quite friendly. Um, so, as I said, uh, when I built, like, these, the initial sort of game jam version of the game, it was in Godot. The reason we moved over to Unity is because Twig, uh, our sound engineer, he really wanted to work more and more with FMOD. And we found that the FMOD integration, so like uh, adaptive sound, and so we could have some really, really cool sorts of integrations between different sound effects in the game. Uh, it was just a lot more mature within Unity. And the plugin uh, for Godot was community-driven and... It was sort of in a no man's land because they were m preparing to move it from Godot 3.6, I think it was at the time, to Godot 4. So it's just sort of, it works in 4, sort of, it works in 3.6, sort of, and it'll all come good in the end, don't worry about it, but you'll have to wait a couple of months. So it was just that case of, well, if we want to do this cool sound stuff, we need to get something stable now. And that was the reason where we jumped over to Unity. Oh, no, that makes a lot of sense. So I've actually, so I, I've heard a ton about Godot and like I've, I've seen videos of it. So I've actually personally never kind of like played with it a bunch. I'm curious if you don't mind kind of, what was that porting process like? Was it like you just kind of had like chunks of code you had then make work? Was it at least simple to get to, to C Sharp? I'm just kind of curious kind of how that process looked. If you don't mind? Yeah, no, no problem at all. So it was very much sort of, Basically, it, it was, a, it was um, a rebuild, like, in terms of the code. So the assets are just 2D sprite assets, so that's no problem at all. Like, a PNG is a PNG, so move it from one engine to another and, like, you know, plug it into the correct prefab or sprite and, you know, whatever it is. Um, whereas the code, it was just... I, I Like, it's stuff that I all wrote myself, stuff that I all understood. So it's just, okay, so to swap this from GD script, so Godot script, into... C sharp, I just had to sort of eyeball them, like have two text editors open at the same time. This is how the GD script works. So how would I turn this into C sharp and then just sort of build it that way as quickly as I could. So it was just a case of, I think if we want to have this you know, nice sound integration using FMOD, I just need to do a quick rebuild. I have all the code, it's all working, it's stable. I just need to transpilot, I guess, just rewrite it as quick as I can. That's that's interesting. Yeah, no, I because I always I, like so when when people talk about like porting code, infamous code, I always feel like that that like 
audiences, listeners, like, don't get an idea of, like, yeah, it's not, like, I think some people think there's, like, an export button, and then you're like, well, maybe you have to hook up a few things. But, like, when people say porting, it literally is, like, how you're like, I know how this should play. How do I make this work in C-sharp? It's, like, a lot of work. That's why, like, when people, I always like the stories of, like, when people are like, why don't they just, like, change engines, like, mid-develop? And I was like, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. Like, <laughs> I think you probably had it lucky, correct me wrong, because, like, you are a small enough team, and it's, like, the project, well, is... Personally, I assume a lot of work, like, it's relatively small, I assume, from a code-based point of view, at least at the time you were porting it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was, I think, I think maybe we had about 10 levels or so built, so like 10 different puzzles built and working uh, at the point where we decided to make the switch. And yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was, you know, quite a, a pain, well, painless isn't the right word. Like, it did take time, it did take effort. But it wasn't too much of me banging my head against the wall because I didn't understand how something worked. It was more me banging my head against the wall because, oh great, now I need to rebuild this mechanic. And I know how it works, but I have to just write it again. And I have yeah, it's just a lot of repetition. Like I've I've already built this, I've already solved this problem, but now I have to just write it again. And there will be some quirks. Like there will be some strange little changes from one engine to another and just like wrestling with those as they come up. No, that sounds great. So yeah, we've been talking about tonalities. It is currently available to wishlist on Steam. Uh, I gotta ask the obvious question. It says Q3 2023. Is that still the plan? Or obviously starting to get close. I think we're, I don't forget, are we in Q3 or starting close Q3? I forget how dates work sometimes. Uh, what What is kind of looking like for what you're at least saying for releasing the game? Yeah, so we put a demo out of the first sort of three acts like the first three areas of the game um, last week and we've been collecting feedback on that and that's been like really really useful helping us just catch those immediate quick wins that players will hopefully enjoy the game more for and then we're thinking of moving into early access uh, at the end of Q3 so by my reckonings that's sort of beginning of September middle of September when we're going to go early access that'll be the first half of the game again just as a this is how we've improved it. This is how we've made it better. Give us some more feedback. We're, you know, we're going to offer it. Obviously, it's at a lower price in early access than the full final uh, release uh, would be. So it's just like, help us out. You'll get the game for cheap. We're still adding content. We're still adding more levels. And you know, we hope, hope you enjoy what we've put out so far. Nice. Well, that sounds great uh i don't know if i caught there is there a estimated current price are you guys still working on that uh well we're, we're still we're still working on that to be honest like it's we're as i say we're collecting uh information from sort of the demo playthroughs and just feedback from playtesters and we're, i want to price it at something sort of like that's fair for the duration and the replayability and so, uh, to be honest, I think that will be part of like the next round of playtesting. Like, if we had this content, but over this many hours, what would be a fair price to you? Like, this is you know, like just a like th this is like my hobbyist project. This isn't like my full time gig. I'm not going to need this to you know pay my bills and all the things like that. So it is just I want as many people as possible to enjoy this, and I don't want to price people out for no reason at all. Also, I have to ask the question that I'm just curious about now it's doing at you pricing. On the back end of Steam, I'm just very curious. Uh, 
because because I'm assuming if at least for you, a lot of like your growing up context as you knew at least more like in the UK or in Europe, obviously. Um, how does that, that has to be a very interesting discussion of like having to double check. You're like, why well, price did this much in China? I have to go look then pricing for each of the regions. Like I'm assuming you have like multiple prices just in your head because of that. So that's something that um, Steam takes care of automatically for you. So the you give the pricing in sort of a, I guess, like Steam's major currency, which I believe is like US dollars. I think there might be other options for euros as well, but I think I had to give my pricing in US dollars, uh, like my estimated pricing. And then they told me just like, by the way, in different regions, we do have dynamic pricing. So it will change from place to place. So just be, be prepared for that. So I think sort of the raising and lowering of prices depending on regions is handled automatically by Steam. As as far as I can tell, at least. Nice. No, I was just very curious. Yeah, cause I I released games that I've only I released it like when I was in the U.S. So like I like I knew it did that, but I wasn't quite sure that worked kind of when you're in those spots. But that's that's very cool. Again, the game is available to wishlist on Steam. Uh, otherwise, where else can we? If people want to go, like learn more about using a spot, we're sending people. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, please do check us out on Steam. So as I said, wish lists are available now and the demo of the first three levels is available to try as well. Uh, we are pretty much everywhere online at Gameful Dev. So that's G-A-M-E-F-U-L-D-E-V. So that's, you know, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, threads, you know, wherever you go looking, I'm probably got an account set up there. Um, most active probably on Twitter, or well, should I say X these days after the big rebrand. Yeah, for sure, and just so threads. You... I was like, I tried adding that to my mantra, then I was like, oh, Fred, it's X. Like, there's too much changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so um, yeah, so if you want to come looking for us, we are at Gameful Dev, and you know, always happy to have a chat and yeah, get feedback on how we're doing. Perfect. Well, I want to say thank you again for taking time out of your night. Straight, it's straight night for you, not even evening. Thanks again for taking time out of, out of your night today to talk to me. And, and I look forward to kind of seeing how the game kind of shapes up to be. Yeah, no problem at all. I had a great time. Thank you very much for inviting me. And yeah, cheers. Have a great day. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by sometimes by contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to the patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.